73 people so far. Welcome, everybody. If you're just uh, joining us, if you could check that you're muted, that would be really helpful. Everybody's on Zoom. Um, yeah, please double check that you're muted and we're just going to wait another minute or so. It's, it's a big party tonight. Lots of people zooming in. Woohoo. I think apparently you may be seeing uh, just a few people pinned. And if you want to see the whole Sangha here tonight, you can go to your view icon on the upper right hand of your computer screen. At least that's where it is for me. And click on gallery view and then you can, you can see who's here this evening. And then you can come back to the pinned people. Nice to look at everybody. Wow. So great to see everybody. Okay, well, let's get this party started. What do you think? Um, <laughs> Eugene likes that. That's good. That's a good start. Um, my name is Nina Gold, and on behalf of the board of San Francisco Insight, I would like to warmly welcome each of you, and I'm looking at each of you, uh, so delighted that you are here to celebrate this birthday party with us. Truly, I think this is, um, I think it's going to be a really special evening. And um, we're so happy that you're here and also uh, so grateful for the ways that each of you, everyone here has shown up in some really special and unique way, weaving yourself into the tapestry or the, the life, the, the body of San Francisco Insight. So thank you and happy birthday to all of us. And I'll pass the mic to Eugene. Okay. Thank you, Nina. Welcome, everybody. Good to see you all. Really fun to see the people who uh, I just met in, uh, at the picnic yesterday from Berlin and other places and uh, who are joining us. But also to really see all of you who I've known for so many years. It's beautiful to see your your punams, your faces. Punam is a, is a Pali word that means beautiful. Um, <laughs> uh, and I'm here with Pam, and we wanted to begin with uh, meditation. So uh, please sit upright, and uh, we'll sit for a few minutes just to get here, to relax, to become aware. And as you let your eyes shut, become aware of whatever you're aware of. Whether it's your body, your heart, your mind. And just notice that 
even if you're not trying to be aware, you're already aware of something. And for many of us, we learned in Vipassana initially to be mindful of the body. So be aware of the experience of your body sitting here, which includes the posture of the body, the sensations of the body, the places where your body makes contact with the bench or the cushion or the chair. And of course, for many of us, we're aware that, of the fact that the body is breathing. And we can focus or center our attention on the breath and the body in order to bring ourselves very fully into being aware of what's alive here in the present moment. That we are alive here in the present moment. And as we sit, being aware of the life that is breathing, you can also be aware of the life that's aware of the life that is breathing. You can be aware of what you're aware of, the body and the breathing. Or you can be aware of the awareness itself, And if you're resting in the awareness and being aware, you can be aware of whatever's in the foreground of your experience. The breath, the body, sounds, smells, tastes, contact, thoughts, feelings, space, calm, Simplicity, simply being aware of whatever's in the foreground of the lived experience. 
And whatever you're aware of, whether it's the breath, the body, sounds, smells, taste, touch, thoughts, feelings, one of the things we've learned in the past 30 years is to relax with whatever is here. Whether we like the breath or like the thoughts or feelings or whether we don't like the thoughts or feelings or the breath, to learn to relax with whatever is alive here in the present moment displaying itself, revealing itself. Even relaxing with what we're not relaxed about as we rest in the space of awareness, of mindfulness, heartfulness, bodyfulness. Being very present moment by moment by moment of the amazing display of human life sitting in your seat.
good to sit for a few minutes with all of you. And now Syrah will introduce the sisters. Thank you. Thank you so much, Eugene. It's beautiful. Um, so I'm Syrah, Syrah Smith, and I'm a teacher and board member here at SFI. And um, it is my great honor and pleasure to welcome um, and introduce um, a very special friendship um, that has been maintained over the years to SFI. And these are our sisters. Um, offer to us um, a wonderful uh, opening chant, a blessing chant, uh, as we open our evening. So the sisters, Aya Anandabodi and Aya Santachita, met as nuns at Amaravati Buddhist Monastery in England. And they moved to the U.S. in 2009, where Eugene and Pam befriended them while they were living in San Francisco. They then moved. I think to the they world. befriended us, Sarah. Oh, did they? <laughs> they did. <laughs> well, a friendship was formed. Both ways. <laughs> a friendship was forged. Um, and then they moved to the foothills where they co founded a local vihara, many of us may be familiar with. And the sisters received full uh, bhikkhuni ordination in 2011 and have continued to support the worldwide revival of Theravada. Um, the Theravada Bhikkhuni Order, order, and they are joined by um, some sisters of theirs um, from uh, Karuna Buddhist Bihara and their own um, Anagarika. And this is Aya Santosika, Aya Titananda, and Anagarika Bethany. So I welcome each of you. Um, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Thank you. And we're actually visiting Karuna Buddhist Vihara at the moment. So we're at there. This beautiful Buddha is at their place. Yeah. And we'd like to start by uh, paying homage to the Buddha and chanting the refugees. And we'd like to invite you to join us for that with your mute on. And, uh, and then we'll chant the uh, Arahant Bhikkhuni chant, which is uh, recollecting 13 um, most accomplished enlightened nuns of the Buddha's time and their qualities and wishing may the power of their qualities always be a blessing to us and us kind of can be all beings I always think Namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhasa. Namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhasa. Bhutang saranangachami. Dhammang saranangachami, Sankang saranangachami, Dutiyampi putang saranangachami, Dutiyampi tamang saranangachami, 
Dutiampi Sankang Saranga Chami Dutiampi Putang Saranga Chami Dutiampi Damang Saranga Chami Dutiampi Sankang Saranga Chami Ratan yunang pikuninang gotami jinamatucha Tapita agatanam hisata soting karotuno Mahapanyanang agata kemalteri dipakata Savika Buddha Seta Sasata Soting Karotuno Teri Upalawana Chaidimantina Mutama Savika Buddha Seta Sasata Soting Karotuno Vinyayatarinang angkapatacharatibhisuta Tapita agatanam hisata soting karotuno Dhammakatikanang pavaradhammadinadinamika Tapita agatanam hisata soting karotuno Chaikanang pikuninang nanda teritinamasa Agatanatita ahusata soting karotuno Rata viriyanang angkasona teritinamika Tapita tatatanam hisata soting karotuno Dipachakukang agasakula itivisuta Visudanayana sapisada soting karotuno Kuntala kesi pikuni kipa binyanang utama Tapita yevatanam hisada soting karotuno Teri bata kapilani pumbajati na manusari Tasang yewa pikuninang sata soting karotuno Teri tubata kachana mahabinyanang utama Chine na sukatukang sasata soting karotuno Loka chivaratarinang agakisapikotami Tapita agatanam hisata soting karotunom 
Sika la mata pikuni satati mutta namuttama karotu no mahasam tingarogyam chasukam sada anya pikuni osapana nakunatara pahu Palentu no sapapaya sokaro gati sambhava Sotapanata yosika sadapanya siladika Bhagasokile satahana satasotin karotu no So wishing you all um, well, great gratitude actually for SFI and for all of the many, many people that you've blessed and benefited and helped wake up and heal over these many years and for welcoming us when we arrived a little, uh, a little lost. So I appreciate. <laughs> and actually, Anagarika Bethany is with a Lokavahara actually. She's just <laughs> in the back there. Great. Thank you so much. And thank you for being here. And, and it's always just been wonderful to be friends with you and uh, and to practice with you in any way. Thank you. Thank I'm, you. I'm trying to, I just lost you on the screen, but I found you again. You're, you're still here. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you. So... I think we're going to say a little bit about SFI tonight, uh, given it's been 30 years. And uh, uh, they asked me to start by saying a little bit about uh, what happened. And if I knew, I would tell you, but it's been totally wild because uh, it's really uh, Jack's fault, but he'll, he'll admit to that later because he told me when he asked me to teach and learn how to teach, he said I should start uh, a sitting group in, in the city. So I said, sure. And uh, and I didn't at all know what I was getting into. And so the whole flavor for me of, of San Francisco Insight has been wow. And of course, wow is a favorite word of mine because it it describes the... the um, it within it is the wonder of wow. And of course, if you lose the W, you get the ow. And so you get both in that one word. And and of course, San Francisco's had its own, San Francisco inside has been wow and ow. And the ow being, there was so much to learn for, for me when I started this group. I really didn't know much. And I learned a tremendous amount from all of you, from the Sangha and, and from all my colleagues here. And all, I mean, one of the wonderful things is a lot of people, they, they over the 30 years, they come to uh, SFI for, you know, a few weeks or a year or a few years or five years or 10 years, and then, or then they're gone. And they, you know, they they practice other places, and it's and it's just how it works with this kind of sitting group. And some people stay forever, but not that, you know, 
people come and go. And there's something very beautiful about seeing so many of you who I don't see so regularly, you know, and I could say your names, but I don't want to totally embarrass you. But but you know who you are, who've been on the board here or been a part of the group here for, for years. And uh, and it's just lovely. And then, of course, there's all of you who are here now, who, who are regular here. And, and it's great to see all of you. And, it's, and so there's something about Sangha that I didn't understand when I started teaching at SFI. I, I understood about Buddha, like that was good. I got that quickly. Buddha was good. Awakening was good. Practice was good. Dharma was good. Truth was good. You know, giving oneself to the Dharma, that was good. But I didn't know about Sangha. I really didn't. I was much more interested in, I just wanted awakening and I wanted realization and I wanted enlightenment and things like that. I didn't want to relate to people. And so I learned a tremendous amount about what Sangha actually means in terms of relating and, and awakening together and growing up together and maturing together as practitioners. And it's been a great gift. And of course, it's a paradox of teaching here for 30 years is, you know, people think, oh, it's so great what you've done and you've given, you know, all these, all this time and energy. And it's true. I've given lots of time and energy and, and, um, you know, and involvement and responsibility with SFI, but also the gift of SFI is collective. It's a gift to all of us, meaning it, whatever you've gotten from SFI that's been good, great. I'm, I'm totally happy, but also I've received the gift. And I would say that all the teachers who, who've been and are part of SFI, also continue to receive the gift of Sangha and the real power of the collectivity of our good hearts and our good souls and our good, our good intention and our good understanding of what it means to be real together and wake up together. And so all of that's been part of these 30 years for me. And uh, and really, I'll just um, I'm going to just jump back a little bit about like when I first started, I was so into retreat practice that what I thought a sitting group is you come, you sit for then we would sit 45 minutes every time, basically almost no instruction, just sit for 45 minutes in silence. And then I would give some kind of Dharma talk and then everybody would leave. That's what you do. It wasn't, we, it wasn't to hang out. It wasn't to be social. It wasn't to, and so the Sangha taught me that wasn't enough, right? That was all good, sitting 45 minutes good, Dharma talk. They, they were sometimes good, sometimes not so good, but good enough. But, but really people say, oh, we want to relate together a little. We don't want to talk together. And it really opened my heart and mind to get, oh, this is an important part of practice. And yeah. So, and then, you know, it's just um, unfolded on its own. 
even though I've been involved with it the whole time, I didn't do it. Let's make sure that's clear, that it's all been done on some level by itself, but by all our participation in it. And uh, I don't know, I don't think I have much more to say. Do you wanna add anything, Pam? Pam joined later after she got trained to teach, but please. Mm. Well, I, I just wanna echo um, the gratitude that I hear in what Eugene is saying. And um, it's really quite an upwelling feeling in me as I look at the screen or screens and see all of you. Um, and it's true what Eugene said that it's a collective endeavor and so on. And I also want to just say, I, I have known Eugene for about as long as SFI has been going. It's been about 30 years. Um, and just a shout out to Eugene for his dedication and deep devotion and enthusiastic enthusiasm for the Dharma and a kind of relentless support of awakening and other people that has infused the flavor of the Dharma at SF Insight with Eugene's unique capacity to be real um, and be very human and to make the teachings accessible, available, and uh, welcoming to many of the many, many people who've come through the doors or the video screen. <laughs> as it were, of uh, San Francisco Insight. Um, and I want to call out, we, we this evening we'll be going on a little bit of a, of a journey sort of down um, the memory lane. And um, in a little bit, you'll be hearing from a number of uh, teachers who have been friends and mentors of Eugene and I and of SF Insight. And we'll be hearing from a number of the past board chairs over the last three decades who have um, supported, supported and nurtured SF Insight through all of these years. Um, but Eugene and I really wanted to call out um, our current board of directors and um, who have excuse me for saying it this way, but we have just a kick-ass board at this moment. And all of the boards have been amazing over the years, but this board in particular has just done a fabulous job with the event that we had yesterday, our first live event for SFI since the pandemic in the park, and this event this evening. So, um, Brendan, if you will, take a moment and we're going to just spotlight the board members so that you can have a picture and an image of the folks who are doing so much work behind the scenes to uh, bring all of the teaching alive through San Francisco Insight. And I think if you are, if you would like, you can put your 
little three dots in the up, upper corner to, I don't know what it is. You can change from gallery view so that you can see. Are you seeing the board? I'm not seeing it yet. I'm seeing the board. I'm seeing Good. Fahad, Miru. Right. Fahad's the president of the board. Okay. Oh, stay up there, Miru. Oh, no, maybe maybe you're going to change him, Brendan. If you uh, call out the names of the other board members, that would help me because it's right. my first introduction. We have um, Fahad, who is our board chair, and Miru, who on my screen is next to Fahad, and Nina Gold, and Paul Irving, who has been on boards past and present, and Michelle. Michelle. Michelle, uh, we're, we're working on getting Michelle back in because we have a hundred person cap. Oh. So we'll be bringing her, we'll be bringing her back in shortly. Okay. And Syrah, who you met at the beginning. I don't know if Syrah is also got bumped off. Uh, Maybe here. back in. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, there's Michelle. Great. Did we get everyone? One, two, got me Rue. There's Syrah. There's Sarah. Michelle. Great. Great. So from, from Eugene and myself on behalf of the rest of the community, deep bow of appreciation to all of you who are on the board for all the work that you do to uh, keep this going. And I think, um, I think at this point we will, um, Pass on. I actually, I would like to do a call out. I'm sorry to do this to you, Brendan, but I just want to do a call out because there are many, many people, all of you who contribute to SFI in so many ways by showing up, by devoting yourself to practice, by uh, offering Donna, by asking questions. Um, there are a couple of other people who have had a unique behind the scenes uh, role that I'd like to name because I, you may not know how uh, important they are. And one of them, I'm sorry to embarrass you in this way, is Johnny V. If you could spotlight Johnny. Totally, yes. Johnny yes, great. And has been an essential part of SFI for a long time. Thank you, Johnny. Yep, yep. keep them up here. And Amy. And also Amy, who's our most recent volunteer presence, who has been responsible for doing all of our beautiful recent graphics and design. So thank you very much. No, not not Amy. that Amy. We like you. I was Amy. wondering. Her name no. A I M E E Amy. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Amy and Johnny. So yeah, big warm. Yeah, there we go. Hallelujah. Yes. Yeah. Thank you very much. It's okay. You can smile, Amy. It's okay. <laughs> you have a good smile. <laughs> oh, great. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so um, we, as I said, we're going to take you on a little journey. Uh, we're going we're gonna to invite a number of our longtime teacher mentor friends to um, speak about Eugene and about SFI. We're going to invite Jack Cornfield and Frank Ostaseski and Tanisara. And after that, we will have a um, back down memory lane 
we're going to show a little video of the trip that Eugene and I took to uh, South Africa that was created by our dear friend and longtime SFI member, Bill Weber. And then we'll go from there. So um, please stay online because uh, we have lots of good stuff to come. So um, our board members are gonna uh, one by one introduce our guest speakers. So I will pass to Michelle. Thank you. Thank Michelle. you, Pamela. It is my privilege to um, welcome renowned Buddhist teacher, Jack Kornfield. He is one of the teachers who introduced Buddhism and Vipassana to the United States. He co-founded Insight Meditation Society and Spirit Rock. He's the author of many books, including Living Buddhist Masters, A Path with Heart, and Seeking the Heart of Wisdom that he wrote with Joseph Goldstein. His books have been translated in 20 languages and sold more than a million copies. He has trained many leaders in the mindfulness space, including, as you heard, our very own Eugene and Pamela. I know Jack as a loving father and brother, adoring husband, devoted activist, and avid storyteller, and sometime comedian, I think. <laughs> um, he's been a true friend, mentor, and longtime supporter of SFI, and many in this room. He's also my teacher in the two-year mindfulness meditation teacher certification program that he co-founded with Tara Brock. Again, Jack, so happy that you're here. Welcome, and thank you for all you've done for us. Thank you, Michelle, and Thank you, everybody. I'm, I am very glad to be here. And yes, on occasion, a comedian. Sometimes when I was flying more than one does in COVID these days, people would ask, you know, what do you do? And I'd say, well, I'm in sales. Or other times I might say, I'm in theater. You know, <clears throat> the role of a teacher is it's, it's a very, it's a, a varied and mixed occupation. Anyway, it's a real pleasure to honor San Francisco Insight and to uplift how you and your community and this amazing group of teachers have been such a force in San Francisco for people who are interested in Dharma and particularly want to honor my dear friend and colleague and buddy, Eugene. SFI has been, as you know, a Dharma gate for so many people over 30 years. And it's a Dharma gate of compassion and freedom amidst the unbearable beauty and the ocean of tears that make up our lives, that make up human incarnation. But what is, the, what is this freedom? We talk about freedom. I love Suzuki Roshi's simple passage where he says, when you realize the fact that everything changes, and find your composure in it, there you find yourself in nirvana. It's so elegant and simple. It's not like nirvana is somewhere in the Himalayas or somewhere in the future. When you find your composure in the fact that everything changes, that becomes a place of freedom and peace. And then I have this image and it's great having the chanting of our beloved monastic community and nuns, bhikkhunis, um, of Ajahn Chah when he came to visit in Barry at IMS. And there's a big lawn in front, big green lawn. Um, and during the walking meditation, there were a lot of people out there doing very slow walking with kind of serious intent. You could see it on their face, 
you know, extra serious because the great master Ajahn Chah had come. And he looked at me, he looked at the big brick building of IMS. He said, it sort of looks like a hospital, doesn't it? And I nodded. And then he started kind of walking up to these people who were doing their walking meditation with a kind of wry smile. And he would say, I hope you get well soon. I hope you get well soon. And we were all just laughing about it. Zorba said, life is trouble. And we know now as much as, you know, any times in our lives, that the world is troubled in really deep ways. Um, it's not new. Um, Zorba wasn't in this particular decade, but he had the picture as did the Buddha. And the thing about SFI is that you have been a refuge and a haven and a support, not exactly a hospital, because um, that's not what we need, but the heart does not have to be troubled that we can be caring and wise in this world, even amidst the outer troubles of life in this world. And that's the real freedom of heart. And you have this incredible group of teachers that's really part of what made up your sense of refuge and haven for people um, and all of you together as a community. I first uh, saw Eugene probably, well, it was more than 30 years ago when he was sitting retreats at Santa Sabina and San Rafael. And he was into it. He sat like a champ, you know. He even had a little bit of insight, I think, at certain moments. But he was doing it. You know, we, when Eugene gets into something, whatever it is, he's going to do it fully. He's going to cycle all the way up Mount Everest or as far as he can get. So he was, so I was really interested. And then I learned, oh, he's an artist, a musician, and he'd done street theater, and he did cancer support and hospice and therapy. And he was also a bit of a bad boy. In fact, my beloved wife, Trudy, gave him the nickname Bad to the Bone Cash, which of course pleased him and the rest of us very much. And he is a bit of a rebel. But the rebel in him, more than anything, is that he's true to himself. He loves the word wild. He's already used it a bunch. Isn't this wild? He loves that quality of wild um, because he's willing to engage in the world in this way with eyes open and heart open in a playful and a, and a very honest way, which is part of what makes, which is so endearing. Now, I think he was, in fact, I know, he was really quite surprised when he was invited into teacher training. Like, well, they take bad boys, they take, <laughs> you know, street theater background, whatever. Um, but in fact, I and the others love both his dedication, but also how, how wildly honest he is and how trustworthy in that honesty. Um, and so he did that. And he soon became actually quite central to Spirit Rock as a teacher. Um, and we've taught together, you know, in so many wonderful and meaningful places on retreat in Yucca Valley and Santa Sabina and so forth, long retreat, short retreat, Spirit Rock. And we actually matured together, um, which is to say uh, early on, I the way that I taught and partly how I learned living in an aesthetic forest monastery, you know, being 
a young man saying, okay, is there anything difficult or dangerous to do around here? You know, show me. Anyway, so it was all about tough and effort and aesthetic and all that has its value, but it gets confused with a drivenness and ambition. And together we learned that the real courage is opening the heart to it all. This is really what we learn about freedom. Freedom actually has to do with love. They can't be, they can't be separated. And you know that because your whole center is really centered on community. And what does it mean to be there for one another and to love one another? Love and, and a kind of trust, not the trust that everything will be the way you want it to be, but a trust that we can bear it, bear all, all, the whole catastrophe, as Zorba would say. And not only can we bear it, we can love it. And that's the wild thing, to use your words, Eugene, that we can do that. And Eugene brought that spirit of inquiry, which he also learned a lot from Diamond Heart, but is right there in the factors of enlightenment. Um, and then he had his accident, you know, and he became Lazarus coming back from the dead. And it was so painful and such a loss for him and Pam. And I think the whole community you were sort of in the, in, in the Bardo with him. Many, many of you, those who loved him, it was, it was shared somehow that deep journey and then he rose he rose from the dead so to speak and he came back you know but he came back tenderized and more than ever open to mystery and a deeper sense of joy i think in life you know that passage from the dhammapada where the buddha says live in joy in love even among those who hate live in joy and health even among the afflicted live in joy and peace, even among the troubled. Look within, be still, free from fears and attachments, know the sweet joy of living in the way. And this koan that Eugene posed of not on retreat, but how do we actually embody it and live? And this is what the Dharma offers to all of us, a kind of fearlessness or a courage to be present, or a tenderness and a profound trust. And if we pause for a moment, you can feel all of you, all of us, how much we've learned that from one another and from our practice and from our community when we go through the inevitable ups and downs. Because you learn to be the loving witness of it all. You become the loving awareness itself, a mindful loving awareness, which is what you are your consciousness itself that was born into this body. You are what Ajahn Cha called the one who knows. And so there's this exquisite legacy to both be reminded of and share and pass on of freedom and of love, which is really the end of the path, I would say, of all things. Um, and Eugene is one of my favorite brothers in the whole world. You know, how can you not love this guy? Um, I know there are moments, Pam, but you know what I mean. Um, and um, I just honor you. I honor Eugene. I honor Pam. I honor your amazing group of teachers and board and the gifts that you give to each other, to us, and to the world. So thank you.
Thank you so much, Jack. My name is Paul Irving, and I am one of the board members at SFI. It is a great pleasure to introduce Jack, uh, to introduce Frank Ostaseski. Frank has been a longtime friend of SFI, um, usually teaching in our community once or twice a year. And for those of you who have heard Frank teach, you know firsthand that uh, profound and simple um, teaching of compassion, compassion towards ourselves and compassion towards each other. Frank is an internationally recognized innovator in the field of <laughs> end of life care. Uh, he's one of the founders of Zen Hospice and the founder and director of the Meta Institute. He also just happens to be the founder, uh, the author of an amazing book called The Five Invitations, What Death Can Teach Us About Living Fully. Frank, it's really a great pleasure to welcome you to our celebration tonight. Thanks, Paul. Thank you. Oh, I'm very happy to be here with all my friends at SFI. You know, I, re I remember SFI's humble beginnings, you know, in that apartment, I think in Presidio Heights, if I remember correctly. And um, I'm grateful to celebrate these 30 years and to honor and acknowledge my dear friend Eugene for something I didn't know he had in him, leadership, actually, and deep commitment that he's shown over these decades. And um, I, I want to thank Pam also for her role in you know, helping this community to grow and prosper. I, I've watched Pam, I've known both Eugene and Pam for many decades now, and I've watched Pam's you know, teaching come to be this exquisite reflection of a very bright mind meeting an ever-expanding heart, and I'm grateful to know her. So I, I have a great, as Paul suggested, I come to SFI off when I can, and I have a great fondness for this Sangha, but I really love my friend Eugene. And I wanted to say a few words, a little mini teaching about one of Eugene's favorite uh, themes. Don't know mind. Don't know mind. You know, ignorance, unfortunately, doesn't mean that we don't know. And my friend Norman Fisher says it would be better if we didn't know. Ignorance means that we know something very firmly, but it's the wrong thing. And we insist on it. Ignorance is not not knowing. Ignorance is misknowing. And our practice, at least as it's practiced at SFI, I would have seen the way Eugene does this is, is a practice of discovery, you know, a, a practice of clearly seeing our misknowledge, our, our misperception. Now, the, this expression, don't know mind, and it has its beginnings, of course, in that famous koan of Dizon and Phion. And, um, you know, Fion's on a walkabout, you know the story. And he comes by Dizon's temple, and Dizon sees the Fion's dressed in his traveling clothes, and so he says, where are you going? And Fion responds something like, on a pilgrimage. And Dizon, of course, asks, well, what's the purpose of this pilgrimage? And Fion answers, I don't know. And his teacher famously responds, not knowing is most intimate. That's the story, right? 
And of course, it's not just the story of a pilgrimage in ancient China. It's, it's about the way we lead our lives. You know, he could easily have been asking, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? Or where do you see yourself in five years? You know, but uh, he asked it differently. You know, we all like to have it together. Eugene does. I know him for a long time. He likes to have it together. But, you know, um, our elevator speech, you know, the one we have all lined up to prove that we're smart and know to help us feel like we have power, that's the one we, we often give. Now, Fayan, he's a pretty smart guy, I think. You know, he's a mature student. He's practiced meditation for years. And he certainly could have come up with something more virtuous or impressive uh, to his teacher than, I don't know. <laughs> but what's delightful about this story is that Fion answers in this very undefended way, you know, basically saying, I wish I knew, but honestly, I can't tell you. And I'm sharing this with you tonight because Fion reminds me of Eugene. He's just being real. You know, maybe Fayan hoped his teacher, you know, on some Sunday night would have the answer, you know, but a good teacher like Eugene, he doesn't tell you what to know. He helps you discover. And that's what I love about Eugene. He doesn't give you the answers. You know, in, in this story, of course, guys on the teacher in a very disarming way, he says, that's fantastic. That's incredibly great. You don't know, not knowing is most intimate. And you know, that word intimate, I love it because it's, these days, that's how I describe my practice. I'm just trying to be intimate with myself and the world. And in Zen practice, you know, it's synonymous, the word intimate with awakening and realization and all those fancy words like enlightenment, you know, those words that to me seem far off sometimes. And maybe people have this idea that it will solve all their day-to-day -day problems. But what I like about this word and what I see in SFI is this word intimacy is a kind of invitation to come closer and to lovingly engage in our life right here, right now, just as it is. In life like SFI, I think it's a recognition that we already belong. You know, there's a quaint little uh, Chinese tale that offers a kind of commentary on this story. Then, then we always answer a story with a story, you know. And um, it goes like this. Once upon a time, very Zen story, once upon a time, the face had a conversation with itself. And the mouth speaks first and the mouth says, I feed the entire body. I speak the truth. So why knows? Are you above me? And the nose, of course, answers well. You know, it's like the five great mountains. Uh, the one in the center is considered to be most noble. But then the nose asks, eyes, why are you above me if I'm so noble? And the eyes uh, say, you know, we are the sun and the moon, illumination and reflection. And so this is why we occupy this place of honor. But the eyes look up and they say, eyebrows, why are you above me? 
And the eyebrows are kind of embarrassed, you know, they're a little shy. And they say, well, honestly, we don't really know why we're above you. We don't do very much. We don't understand why we, we occupy this position. And that's the conversation the face has with itself. There's another commentary, of course, and Zen practice is always another commentary. And, and the Zen master says, you know, something like, you know, in the eyes we call it seeing, and in the nose we call it smelling, but what do we call the eyebrows? <laughs> and no one could answer, so the Zen master said something like this, and this reminds me of SFI. In sorrow, we grieve together. It's hard to grieve by yourself. Remember when Eugene had his accident that I was there with you? And in happiness, we rejoice together. How many times have our hearts opened at SFI together? But the Zen master goes on and he says, everyone understands the useful function, but no one understands the supreme power of uselessness, of not knowing. And of course, we need the useful functions for learning, for skills, for eyes. We need our nose, our mouth. But not knowing is also important because that's how everything arises, comes into being in the world, including SFI. <laughs> Eugene didn't have a clue what he was doing. It came out of not knowing. And I'm very grateful that SFI came into the world. And I am ever grateful for my dear friend, who I love beyond words. And I've always thought Eugene had really great eyebrows. What do you think? Thank you, Eugene. Thank you, Pam. Thank you, the board. Thank you to this incredible community. I am very happy that I get to share this with you sometimes. Thank you, Frank. You're welcome. So, well, who's Tanisara is next, isn't she? Yes, I'm going to introduce Tanisara. Oh, Thank you so much. Good. Thank you, Miro. Hi, everyone. Um, my name is Nero. I'm one of the board members. Um, like Frank mentioned, uh, my heart uh, was opened by SFI to Dharma. So, it's a great honor to be here and also to introduce Tanisara, longtime friend of SFI, of Eugene and Pam too. Tanisara is a Buddhist teacher and devotee of Kuan Yin and a climate activist. She was a Buddhist nun for 12 years, trained as a monastic with Ajahn Cha and learned the Kuan Yin dharmas with Master Xuan Hua. In 2000, she and her husband, Hirisaro, um, found the Dharma Giri Sacred Mountain Retreat in South Africa um, in the face of the HIV-AIDS um, epidemic, which became also HFSFI Sister Sangha in South Africa. She is also an author of Time to Stand Up and Listening to the Heart, which exemplifies what it means to be an engaged Buddhist too. It's a great honor to introduce Tanisara. Thank you, Tanisara, for being here. Thank you so much, Miru. Uh, thank you um, for the invitation to be here. I'm actually very moved to receive it. And just listening and being reminded a lot of sanya, a lot of memory and perception um, that has been arising. 
in my mind and in my heart. And yeah, just how significant uh, the relationship was for me with San Francisco Insight in so many ways. Um, it was such a strong bridge from what felt like a very off the map place in our few decades of working down in Southern Africa, um, which was a really tough assignment. <laughs> and um, you know, we arrived there in 94, just after the liberation, and there was such a sort of explosion of euphoria, but also violence. And then fast on the back of that huge shift, the fall of apartheid, of course, the apartheid is one thing for the system to politically change, but it's a whole other thing for something to shift at a deeper level in the current of the personal and the collective. And very soon after that, we found ourselves in the in one of the central kind of, uh, areas of the of the AIDS pandemic, which was very it, it was just very very hard. And so, at that point, there was and I can't quite remember. I mean, I met Eugene first in Gaia House in the UK years ago at a teachers' gathering, but there was this. Um, connection that that happened when Eugene and Pam and the SFI um, and I remember Gail as well, Gail Marco. One evening when they were when I was teaching there, they were asking more and more and very interested, and then just decided they would come and help. They would help, and through that we were able to launch the first of the projects that we that we helped initiate the Wozamoya response to help build a community response in a local deep rural Zulu area that had been devastated not only by apartheid and the pre-apartheid colonialism, forced removals, migrant labor systems and so on, deeply impoverished, but were now having to deal with very low resources and semi-illiterate community having to deal with this strange phenomena called AIDS, which community could not get their head around at all. So that started a long journey with, with SFI and with Eugene and Pam. And then somewhere along that way, I remember then another project, Kapuka, uh, started and SFI helped again. And then at some point, Eugene, I got this call from Eugene and said, would you like to come and co-lead with us um, the Community Dharma Leader Program at Spirit Rock? So that was, you know, so there's just so, so much, so such deep, these were such deep connections. These are such deep invitations and such a, an important bridge. And I think the primary feeling I have is this incredible gratitude for the warmth and welcome that Eugene extended. And then as I got to know Pam and all the things that have been said by Jack and Frank, not to repeat them really, because they've been said, but I completely underline them. It's a, these are a remarkable couple. And for me, there was something very compassionate in, in tough, but compassionate, endlessly 
that our minds minds unfixed. It's like you could feel this very fluid fluid way of working with conditions and being able to respond. So I also felt I was learning a lot too. And my experience of working with SFI and being in that community was very warm and very embracing. So I, I just feel extraordinarily grateful. And uh, so, so there was, I just looking at the schedule before we got online and I noticed there was this theme to these little vignette talks, which was awakening in life. And I thought, oh, I better think about that. So just a few thoughts on that subject, because I'm also aware that we're at time. But I actually really think life is awakening through us. And this, this very deep impulse of what we call life, we often feel we have to do something with life. We have to <laughs> practice with it, get out there and kind of make our mark. But really, life is doing it through us. Life is doing awakening through us. And we sort of get the message a little bit down the line. And this deep impulse of reality is unfolding through our body, minds, hearts, psyches in very profound ways. And I love the way Ajahn Chah would call this the living Dharma, that we're actually our vessels for the living Dharma. And there's another way of talking about this deep life, this deep consciousness, this, this essence of consciousness, if you like, awareness, presence, that also is dynamic and unfolding. It's receptive and listening, but also has knowing, but it's dynamic and engaged. And I experienced that as a, as a directly intuitive sense of guidance that there is, it's, so it's not so much doing the practice, but listening into this way that the, the guidance from this deeper impulse of the intelligence of reality or the Dharma or the living Dharma appears and actually does us. <laughs> And that's, that's just um, shifts the whole dynamic. Ajahn Mahabur called it a change of lineage, a change of lineage from the, the mind that's, you know, in a way there's life and then there's just what the mind is projecting. There's this pure presence of conscious awareness within, there is no boundaries. And then there's the projections of the mind and the, the reactivity. So... So this shift, change of lineage coming from the cognitive into, into the heart space. It is more, I think Frank was talking, Jack was talking, this stripping away, deep listening. And I really feel that I, working both with Pam and Eugene and SFI, this languaging in this way and, and sharing many, many Dharma discussions and inquiry sessions that we were, it was just so thrilling to really explore always Eugene was like you know where are you at now what's happening with you know with your practice and we would plunge into these deep conversations that were just so nourishing um, so I feel from this space just to wrap up here so we can get along with the program I feel from this space that that actually when there is this shift from that, we do know we live in such a challenging time with this great planetary emergency that's unfolding through this being, through all of us, is like an evolutionary process where this great shadow has been unleashed that we have to 
heal and integrate. And at the moment, it's sort of overwhelming us. But I do feel this shift into the heart, into this deep knowing presence that is unknowing <laughs> in nature, will and does allow for quantum shifts. And in that, I hold faith, I hold trust. And I also feel, I feel that I can meet in that space that we meet each other in this listening heart. And just here now, with the sanya and perceptions of the 30 years, the meaningful nature of my experience and connection with SFI, with Eugene Pam, with the board and so many friends and the depth of the work that we did together in South Africa, I feel like it all is all happening now too. It's, it, there's a timeless listening in our hearts where life is moving through us and we're just here present. And for that, I, I feel a lot of gratitude. I feel a lot of joy. I feel a lot of happiness. And I feel right now deeply grateful. <laughs> Thank you so much, Eugene. Blessings. I love you. Thank you so much, Pam. You're extraordinary. And you're a real sister. Thank you to SFI. I love you all and hope to see you all again in person before too long I'm just up the road now so <laughs> it's been far too long Hope to see you again soon so am I introducing this video or is this introduce a video well I think it's sort of been introduced this is a video about a visit where I think it's going to highlight a little bit Wozumoya the project that which is which was fab fabulously mm -hmm. successful Yes. Mm. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. Was, was a moya means like come spirit. And it was, uh, yes. And, you know, without, without SFI, this wouldn't have happened. I mean, it's still going so strong and it's been unbelievably impactful. It's one of the leading projects almost in, well, in KwaZulu and possibly in South Africa. Mm. And also we, we attempted another project in the high mountains on the edge of Lesotho, which is a very, very abandoned community. It was more difficult, but that's still those buildings, everything that was done there uh, with Sister Abigail and Tleko, mm -hmm. massive impact, massive impact is still mm -hmm. rippling on to this day. We trained through, through the resources and support and spiritual alliance with SFI, we trained, I don't know how many, but dozens and dozens of um, care workers and you know literacy projects projects for children i mean there's just so there was just so much that happened it, that would not have happened without it would not have happened without sfi so blessings endlessly yeah. and eternally blessings to you thank you thank you so much for being here we're also going to bring bill weber on who's going to speak a little bit who put the movie together from our time there so great and i'm going to back off well Bill introduce. No, you can, you can, yeah, thank you, Brendan. Um, hello, everybody. Can you hear me? You're um, good. Good. I, I found myself getting a little bit nervous about, um, for those of you that know me, I, I like speaking in public a lot, and it's hard to shut me up sometimes. But I, before I start, sometimes I get nervous. And I was remembering 
the first time I taught a beginning meditation class with Eugene. And at one point he said, okay, you, you do this guided meditation. And I got so nervous that my mouth was so dry, I couldn't hardly speak. But it was actually one of the best teachings that I've had about being present and being okay with what's going on. And I could just sort of sink into it and um, whatever. Um, anyway, it's, it's been really nice to reconnect with um, SFI. And yesterday at the picnic, I saw so many people that I really care about that I haven't seen for a long time. And it felt very sweet. Um, SFI has been an important part of my not knowing. Um, uh, one quick thing about the video, then let's go to the video. Uh, what was nice about revisiting this video that we made some 13 years ago was remembering the events that we held to raise the money to help support these um, um, these projects that are going on in Africa. And it was a huge community of people that came together to really raise money. And we threw these great big parties, food, silent auction, talent. They were really fun, but there was a real sense of community that did this. And we, there was a real sense of we're, we're working together. And it was, it's some of my favorite recollections of having a Sangha that I really cared about. And it was, there's something really beautiful about creating a Sangha to do good, to raise money, to help people, to help people we didn't even know, to help people in Africa that were dealing with, you know, some horrible shit. But a community came together to do that. And from that, I still have a whole host of people that I, that I really care about and, um, and love. And I have a, a really deep love for Pam and Eugene too. So it's really nice to uh, be here tonight. So um, thank you for inviting me. Um, and Thank you, Pam, for shooting this material for this video. And uh, let's, as as they say on uh, sports shows on television, let's go to the videotape. It's been very important for our community to be able to give in whatever way works. When, when I stand here now, I feel all the other people from our community that they also are here now with us.
Beautiful. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, Kitty Sara and Tanisara. Mm -hmm. Thank you to all of the Sangha members who have uh, supported this work that was seated long ago and continues still. I'm gonna pass now to um, Fahad, who is our current- uh, uh, I think we're starting with uh, Deborah. Oh, sorry, you were correct. I am correct oh, once in a while. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'll wait for Brendan to put me up on the screen. Um, no, there's Deborah. She's here. So can I get put up there with Deborah for Hi. a minute? Hi, Deborah. Hi, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I'm waiting to see if I'm going to get up there. There we go. We're here together. And then I'll get off. But uh, uh, this is uh, Deborah Coffin. And I'm in, I have the great privilege to both see and welcome and uh, Deborah because um, 30 years ago, when Jack asked me to start a sitting group, I thought, okay, sure, where am I going to do it? And I was, uh, I went to the Howard Cohn sitting group, which was in the basement of the building he lived in back then. And, and down in the basement was where people met. And I went there and uh, I told him that I was starting a group. And so I wanted to make this announcement that uh, I was starting a group and I was looking for places where I might be able to land the group of physical space. And Deborah was there. And Deborah had the great warm heartedness and goodness to say, oh, I have a space and, and that you could use. And of course, she had the space she had was in her house. And it was, it turned out to be a great space. It worked. And I, I can't remember how long we were there, but I think it was a few years that we were in your house before we moved because the group got too big for your house. So thank you, Deborah. We just wanted you to say something here and acknowledging your generosity to the beginning of SFI. Well, thank you. You know, 30 years, I, I have to thank you for freaking me out. 30 <laughs> years is a really long time. Um, you know, back then when I was going to Howie's sitting group and I lived in the world's largest flat and it was cheap, I just did. I thought it would make a great spot for you to sit. And I don't remember either how long it was that you were there. I think, I, I just can't remember. I have no idea, but it was a while. Um, we're both, and it was we're both old enough to not know. <laughs> <laughs> it was a sweet and small group um, for a long time. And it did, it got really, it started growing. Um, it was also really handy because I didn't have to look for parking anywhere. Um, so one of the best memories I have about the, that time came when you asked us to do a body scanning exercise. As you continued to have us pile up body parts, I tried to hold each of them cumulatively in my mind until something exploded and I collapsed laughing. I don't know if you remember it was a moment of such great clarity for me. And um, I think I saw the elephant in the room that had been there all along, um, somehow invisible. And um, anyway, it was a really great moment. It lasted longer than a moment, probably several days that I 
that I saw it <laughs> clearly. Um, but it's one of the best memories of my life. And I want to thank you for it. Um, a kind of unshakable faith took place because of it. And um, I think I have you to thank for that. You know, my kids were 13 and 15. And when you started, I think I would have been 35, I guess. Is that, yeah. that sort of makes sense? Mm -hmm. And uh, a lifetime ago, thanks for freaking me out again. <laughs> um, but um, really 30 years. Anyway, my daughter today, she reminded me that I think, do you remember this, that you did a teenage group for a minute? You maybe did oh, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she said, um, I, I really couldn't remember it, but she said to me today, she said, anger is really sorrow when you sit with it. I learned that in meditation. Well, when she said that, I thought she was having this confused memory. I thought I'd learned that and that I just told her about it at some point. So I started to correct her and she kind of took offense. And then I remembered a short story that I'd written way back then at the time. And today I dug it out of my old computer. And the story creates this web around something mean I said to her at the time. We had kind of a fight. And I said, you know, I, I blew up. And um, here's the end of the story. I apologized. But what's an apology? She was mad. That kind of mad that's 10 beers and a joint mad. The kind you go out and tell your friends about and they feel real sorry for you kind of mad. Well, like I mentioned, she had this meditation thing scheduled for that night and she was planning to bail. Given the fragile nature of our truce, I felt uncomfortable pushing her about honoring commitments. So I paid her. She said no one could meditate in this house and a few other things like it, but she decided to stay. Now, here's the amazing thing. The next morning, I woke up and asked her if she'd like to go for me, go with me for coffee. She agreed, which was a miracle in itself. But when we got to the cafe, she told me she had examined anger in her meditation group. Do you, uh, do you know what anger is? She asked. First, it's a tightness and heat, lots of heat. And the tight, hot place is here around your heart. If you look at it closely, it changes. It sort of melts. And what's left isn't good, but it isn't bad. What's left is a strange, familiar sadness, a twisty feeling. It's just there. I mean, it isn't good, but it isn't bad. And then even that slips away. Beautiful. I'm incredibly moved to think about how putting one foot in front of the other, just showing up <laughs> the service you've built into something so big. It's making, you know, it's making me faint, feel faint wrapping my head around it. You've made something good, Eugene, something colossal. And I wanted to offer a blessing to you. Thank you. Thank you. But remember, I didn't do it. We did it. It wouldn't have been, it might not have even happened without you. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> Great. Uh, beautiful story. Uh, so I think now, mm -hmm. if I get the timing right, I'm going to pass. We are going to pass 
to Fahad, who will um, uh, introduce himself as well as a number of the past um, board chairs of SFI over time. So let's spotlight Fahad. Hi everyone, are you able to see, hear me well? Okay, great. Yeah, so my name is Fahad and uh, I get the pleasure to welcome the past chairs uh, of the board. Um, a little historical tidbit that the board was formed in 2010. And before that, we had a steering committee that, take, uh, that took care of the Sangha. Um, things started in 1992, if I have the records right. Uh, yeah, and while the steering committee was in place, um, Paul was the was the spearhead leading the leading the charge. And after the board was formed, we have had several past chairs: Allison Heather, Allison Shore, Beth Hamlet, Trip. And uh, starting in 2020, 2020, uh, until now, it's been me. Um, I joined the board in 2016. And uh, yeah, it's just been a wonderful group and being able to do something for the Sangha that has given me so much, has changed my life so much. Um, let's see. So I want to just pass the mic around and have folks share their thoughts. And I would like to begin with Alison Heather, who served as board co-chair from 2012 to 2014, if I got that right. Alison Heather. Yeah, that sounds about right. Hi, everyone. Um, wow, it's really uh, super sweet to be here and really touching. And I'm very moved by what everybody's said so far. Um, and basically, just what I wanted to say was that meeting Eugene and coming to SFI has completely changed my life. And I'm just tremendously grateful. Um, I never thought that I would be able to experience the kind of love and the kind of freedom that I have in my life today. And, you know, all the things that have been said about Eugene um, just really impacted me. I was particularly tight and self-critical and judgmental and you know, I feel like Eugene never related to me like I was my conditioning. And he just helped me access something much more than that. And it was his particular brand of love and realness and heart and devotion. And, you know, just what everybody's been saying, you were so... You used to say, be ruthless. <laughs> mm -hmm. And that really worked for me. And I just, I love you so much, Eugene. I'm so grateful. And everybody else, all the people in the rooms, in the retreats, you know, I just have so many good memories of just all the love and the community. And yeah, so... I'm very grateful. Thank you so much, everybody. Thank you, Allison. Okay, next, we have Beth Hamlet, who chaired the board from 2014 to 2016. Beth? Hi, everyone. It's so nice to see you all. So many 
old uh, good friends. And uh, thank you, Eugene, for inviting me to talk tonight. Um, I love that I'm following Allison Heather, such a wonderful person, someone who helped me get my uh, legs <laughs> together as a as part of the board. And I have so much gratitude for everyone, all these faces that I see. I particularly want to thank um, Paul and Kitty and uh, Allison and Allison Shore. I mean, all the members of the board that um, really got SFI through the time of Eugene's accident. Mm -hmm. um, it was devastating to come on that one Sunday night and um, imagine that we would see Eugene. And instead, um, I think it was Kitty that made the announcement. I, I might be misremembering. And I think Mark Coleman was there um, and that we learned that um, we weren't sure if he was going to make it. And it was uh, the heavenly messenger that none of us wanted to hear. And it was devastating. And I think the um, the leadership of, of the board at that time uh, was so incredible, along with, with Pamela, um, asking Anushka to come in and um, teach, you know, teach weekly, you know, for I think six months. I'm, I, I don't know if I'm remembering all this correctly, but it was so beautiful. And as was said, I think, I think Jack said, um, when Eugene came back, there was a transformation that was there that was so incredible that um, it, it, it was an awakening. I felt awakened to be a, around his teaching at that time, that there was something else possible that he had glimpsed into this consciousness that was, you know, sort of uh, just beyond the ordinary. And um, the teachings at that time were transformational for me. Um, and um, I owe so much to SFI. Um, and in particular, my, my husband that's sitting right here, <laughs> I met him. <laughs> I would purposefully come late because um, he would often come alone. And so I would go and sit next to him. And um, Eugene would always have these times at the break when we were to say hi to the person next to you. And, you know, I wouldn't say I stalked him, but I, I would say that I um, mindfully got to know him. And uh, <laughs> so that's another way that SFI has changed my life. Mm -hmm. So thank you all. Really mm -hmm. pleasure to be here. So touched to be invited. Have a take care. Thank you, Beth. All right, next uh, we'll pass the mic around to Trip, who was board chair for four years, starting 2016 to 2020. Uh, can I just jump in for a second? Excuse me, Trip, but Allison Short, did you want to say something or are you just okay to be here? Um, sure, I could say something. I didn't care, but I'd love to. Thank you. For yeah. That. Yeah, sure. Because Allison was the like co-chair with the other with Allison Heather. Yeah. And so yeah. Yeah, you had the double Allisons to deal with. <laughs> oh, they kicked my butt too. You were a formidable team. <laughs> um, I mean, there's so much that's already been said. I guess um, 
I just feel so grateful for this community. Um, so grateful for you, Eugene, and for you, Pam. And it's really no lie to say that it was life-changing for me. Um, I first started meditating. I was, uh, my psychotherapist was like, try this MBSR thing. And I remember like, what is this new age hippie BS, whatever. But I really respected this therapist. Um, so I'm like, all right, I'll check it out. And I loved it. I think because I was skeptical or something. I didn't expect magic, but I got magic. And I'm like, well, I can't keep doing MBSR. So that was my Dharma gate. And I checked out, um, you know, I was living in the mission. I checked out, oh, sorry about the light. Anyway, um, <laughs> I checked out a bunch of different sanghas and I just landed um, with SFI the most consistently. And um, I just, yeah, I just can't say anything more than it was, it was life-changing in terms of the teaching, in terms of my own self-knowledge, um, but the Sangha, the community. Um, I started out as a greeter, Alice and Heather got me to do that. And then I was volunteer coordinator and then I was on the board and it was just such a deep, deep way to practice. And then I started having some health issues and there was this caring committee that sprouted up. And I just want to mention that because that was such a beautiful thing. I lost the use of my arm for months. And people here, some on, on this call, I'm so happy to see you, showed up at my house, read to me, brought me food, did my laundry. Um, so I was wrapped in the Dharma and the Sangha and the Buddha and and what a gift, what a gift this community has been. Mm -hmm. And I just think the karma that you all have created, that we have created together, but that you put into this world and brought into being has just been, has is rippling out in all directions for all beings. And I thank you so very deeply for that. Thank you, Allison. I trip. Yeah, I lost you in the sea of people. <laughs> I'm here. <clears throat> Hi, everybody. Um, it's it's great to be here with you. Um, so happy to see you all. And uh, and uh, you know, as as so many have said, just feeling so much gratitude. Um, Pam and Eugene, you are so dear to me and have made such a difference in my life. I truly cannot imagine my life otherwise. Um, and I was thinking about how not only do I feel very grateful, but I also, as I reflect on, on my uh, involvement with San Francisco Insight, I feel like it really taught me about gratitude, like what, what gratitude really means. Um, I remember coming in at the very soon after I had first started to meditate within weeks, probably. And I had no idea that I was even lucky at that point, much less anything to be grateful for. I just, I just landed at this place and thought I'd see what it was like. And, you know, it turns out to be such an amazing place. Um, it's, it's so sweet for me to, to get to speak after other board chairs who I know and, and just to think about how 
how much they did and the, the people that they worked with and how much the entire community did that created this incredibly fertile ground that just is this little seed I happen to be lucky enough to land on. And then at some point, I think I did start to understand that isn't just luck. That's actually, that's actually uh, a lot of incredibly beautiful intention and effort and um, generosity that I'm a beneficiary of. And that really opened my heart to gratitude, um, to just, uh, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't see things the same way anymore. I was thinking about it like, you know, I know that every email that comes through from any organization, someone was behind that, like someone made that happen. <laughs> someone made, you know, the cup be there that I could fill with tea that first night. And I, I see the world differently now because of the generosity of this community. So um, it's just a great, great honor and privilege to be here and be part of this group with all of you. And again, my deep, deep thanks to, to Pam and Eugene. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's an honor to be here with everyone. I also wanted to highlight a little about Paul Irving. I want to just shine the spotlight on him a little bit. Paul spearheaded the um, the, the the precursor to the board, the steering committee, for about seven years. He single-handedly set up, well, I'm not sure single-handedly, but that's what I've heard, the legends, that he single-handedly <laughs> set up the financial system that SFI today operates on and is currently serving as the head of the finance committee. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to put him on the hot seat for a minute, so. <laughs> You'd like to share something, Paul? I think you're on mute. There we go. So it's been, it's been so fun to listen to these stories and so touching. Um, and I suddenly recalled, I had the great fortune of being a cycling buddy of Eugene's. And so we used to cycle. I don't ever, I don't, I don't know if you even remember Eugene, how that came to be, but um, we were cycling and we were out one day. I can see, I know exactly where we were. And he said, so Paul, um, would you be interested in being a board member or steering committee member at the time? I had worked in nonprofit for some years and I was like, <laughs> not doing that um, but somehow uh, he his warmth and invitation brought me to say yes and uh, it's been amazing and um, the work that I did to the kind of organizational uh, backbone that we created together I never imagined would have the kind of strength and endurance that it has and to be able to look back now and to see the thousands and thousands of people who've been touched by our collective, as Tripp said, good intention is, is tremendously gratifying. So thank you so much, Eugene, for that ride and that invitation. <laughs> and thank you so much, Pam, for, for being part of that, um, that whole process. 
Thank you, Paul. Thanks to all board members, past and present, many of whom are here today. Yeah, many great thanks to all of you, really. Much appreciation. Could I add one quick thing? I just want to do a shout out to Katie Costello because I think she's one of the longest standing steering committee slash board members, Qigong mm -hmm. movement teacher mm -hmm. for such a long time and now a teacher. And I just uh, I just go. want to recognize um, Katie for all that you've done to nurture this community. And I remember when I first started, you were the person that I approached. You were like, you did announcements and um, yeah. So I just wanted to make sure, just thank you, Katie. Thanks, Allison. Thank you, everybody. Okay, thank you should all. We, should we say a little about going forward, Eugene? Yeah, let's say a little bit. You know, we're we're almost out of time, but we're okay. Um, uh, 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 yeah, we were asked to say something about the next thirty years, but Frank, uh, Frank already told you we don't know what's going to happen and we have no idea what will happen for the next 30 years uh, but we have some ideas about what might happen tonight or tomorrow in the next few weeks or months uh, but I will say I, the one thing I want to say is um, the intention that we have is to see what needs to continue to unfold here in San Francisco and for San Francisco Insight and for everybody. And Pam will say a little more about that, uh, of where we're headed. So please, Pam. Um, in the spirit of we don't know, um, I will say that yesterday at our wonderful picnic, in which we got to actually see three-dimensional humans coming together, uh, the question that came up over and over was people said, well, now what? Are you going to be live? Are you going to stay online? What are we going to do next? And we don't have an answer to that question, but I wanted to um, let people know some of the seeds that are being planted for the future that we'll see how they unfold. And um, the first is to say that over these years of the pandemic, there have been a group of teachers within San Francisco who have been meeting and having conversations and putting some of the foundation in place to create a collaborative effort to have a single doorway through which uh, people can enter the Dharma, um, ultimately with the hope that we might someday have a shared space in which multiple teachers and sanghas could participate. And um, really, I would just uh, say, please stay tuned because there will be more about that coming uh, in the next year. Um, I'll, I'll add just a little if please. I could, Pam, which is just, Pam's talking about a number of Spirit Rock teachers who teach in the city coming together to create a, uh, something together, because it's been my uh, my uh, wish for many years to have a city center that's like has its own space and that we can really not just on Sunday night or Wednesday night or Monday afternoon, but twenty four seven 
And so that's really the intention is to create a center here in the city with other teachers like John Martin or Howard Cohn, Howie Cohn or Anushka Fernanda Pole or Victoria Carey. Uh, uh, yeah, and just uh, everybody else who's in San Francisco. Who did I miss? I missed somebody in our group. Uh, no, is that it? Okay. And Pam and Eugene, right? That was, and really to see what can we do together so we have a space where all the groups can meet uh, collectively and and still keep their identities. And so that's a little bit what's what's in the workings. Thank you. Yeah. And the other um, the other thing that I will say is that, um, you know, during the pandemic, we had this interesting phenomena of having been a local Sangha for a long time, meeting in person. And then when we went online, we now have quite a few people who call in from not here, who call in from places that wouldn't allow them to come and be with us live. And so we are in a bit of a dilemma about, well, how do we make sure that we can include the people who have joined um, during this time um, and also support the community of people who could come in their bodies live. So I just wanna make a nod and, and appreciation to um, Syra, who is, you met at the beginning, who's on our board, who had this suggestion that we are gonna continue to allow to unfold again as the year turns. And that um, is the idea that we will continue until we have this space that Eugene was speaking of, um, to meet online on Sunday nights and on Monday afternoons, and that um, we will begin to initiate community events that will probably include some combination of sitting together and community service. So I'm just letting you know that we're not sure. We have a volunteer who's offered to head that up, but we will, that also is a seed that we're planting that we look forward to having that unfold uh, in the new year. Um, and I just wanna say I'm seeing in the chat, some of you may also see in the chat, a call out to two of our long, long time Sangha members, <clears throat> Jennifer King and Gail Marco, who have been around from Longer than I have, I think. <laughs> yes, longer um, than you have. It's yeah. true. Yeah. So, um, yeah, just to name, you can you can check it out in the chat. And thanks to both of you for all of the time, energy, effort, care that you've contributed to the community. Yeah, the beautiful, heartfelt contributions that you made, and especially we were gonna we were gonna. I'm just informing you we're going to do a popcorn style to let anybody speak and we really we ran out of time so i got a message from uh, our boss that we need to stop on time because <laughs> <So, laughs> we're not in control here <laughs> uh anything else we need to say before we end i don't think there's anything now i think Tanisra's. No, I, think, I think Michelle was going to say, give a little, talk a little oh, about, yeah, yeah, say something yeah. about Donna briefly. Okay. 
Yes. And yes. Ms. Rose going to close for us. Yes. Thank you. I'll be fast so we can be respectful of everyone's time. But wow, is my heart full. And I'm really sitting in a seat of gratitude for this beautiful sangha that I just lucked in by um, going online and searching and then being asked to join the board before I was even at a first meeting. So uh, thank you to everybody who's really uh, welcomed me. And 30 years, SFI has provided rich teachings on the Dharma, curated programs and activities a lot of you've heard about tonight, and really created a place for refuge for so many. And this has all been sustained by the support of our community members, um, our Sangha, you, and your generosity has made this possible. And we call that Donna. Um, and as you, many of you know here, Donna is the ancient Pali language word describing generous giving which arises effortlessly from deep gratitude. Many of the teachings offered here and um, have been offered for 2,600 years in parts of Asia where monks and nuns offer teachings out of generosity while the community supports the teachers and the centers, generously giving to the level of their ability. It is said that everyone has an inherent capacity for generosity and that together we can co-create a welcoming and thriving spiritual community based on the transformative values of abundance, trust, and connection, rather than scarcity, fear, and separation. And I can see from the little boxes in the screen that many of you are living, like walking proof of that. And it's definitely coming into my life as well. And in a spirit of paying it forward, the generosity of those before you, some of you long-term members here in this room, um, have made it possible for SFI to offer these teachings and your generosity in the present moment will allow us to continue offering these teachings into the future. Um, if you have been affected or changed even slightly by anything you have experienced through spiritual practice or have enjoyed a talk, a class, a program through SFI, um, we invite you to express your gratitude. Donna is a spiritual practice, the practice of generosity of spirit, of financial contributions and the opening of heart to share what we have with others. So if you wish to make an offering, please click the donate button below. It's in the chat and it's also on our website, sfinsight.org. You'll have the option of making a one-time or recurring donation. Um, and it's a SFI is a 501c3 nonprofit. So it's a tax deductible donation. Thank you. Thank you for your expression of generosity. As the Buddha said, I'll leave you with a quote. If beings knew, as I know, the benefit of generosity, they would not let an opportunity go by without sharing. Thank you for letting me be of service. Thank you. And thank you, everybody, for 30 years of generosity. It's the only way it's worked. Thank you, everybody. And if you wouldn't mind, Tanisra, just leading a sure. kind of a closing dedication of merit, sure. however you'd like. Yeah. Thank you. Well, let's, let's just take a, a deep breath just to breathe this exquisite gathering and all that is held within it. It's, it's not a small thing to sustain a city sangha and all that it has offered over 30 years. It's an incredible achievement. And so 
this is just the tip of the iceberg that we heard tonight. So mm-hmm. let's just take that deep breath and feel those blessings in our body first. We are all connected. Everyone has contributed in so many ways. And of course, we particularly we honor Eugene as founder and Pam as sustainer in so many ways and the board. So just breathing all this beautiful, blessed energy through our body and feel, feeling that suffuse and expand and open into this deep gratitude and love and healing and transformation. And then just let's send that out wherever it needs to go at this time. This great wave of blessing, of light, healing light, golden light, frequency of love, of freedom, of awakening. It's a special consciousness in this part of the world, in San Francisco, to practice the Dharma on this ancient land. It's beneath the city, the pulse there is very unique, very consciousness raising. Let's send that consciousness out into the collective across this country. May there be freedom from harm, the dissolving of hate and division, the upliftment of heart, of beauty, of kindness, Sending that around the globe, may the evolutionary impulse of awakening itself quicken through the collective at this time, birthing and giving rise to our new beloved story that we're dreaming into reality. May all beings be free, may all beings be well, may all beings be touched by deep compassion, by peace by wisdom. super sweet thank you so much thank you Anisra thank you everybody Fahad, Allison, Beth mm. Nina Aya Santichita Nandabodi, Meru Brendan, Paul everybody Stephanie, Ben, Jeff Amy, both Amy's yeah. <laughs> Jeffrey good to see you here Caleb, 
and uh, Barb, I mean, just everybody. Thank you all. And mm. good to be with you, Jennifer. We love you, Jennifer. <laughs> Thank mm. you, Johnny. Yeah, I mean, just all of you. Pam, you know, thank, thanks. Really been lovely to be here. 30 years. Wow. Totally wild, you know. Let's let's keep having some fun, even in the midst of all the Michigas and Duca of the world. Okay, everybody, I'll ring a bell to end the evening formally. Thank you, Thank you so much, everybody. Thank you. Happy birthday. Thank you, Syrah. Happy birthday. Oh, great to see you. Bye. Thank you, Johnny, for everything amazing work you do. Hello to Grover. Thanks, Jeff. Wonderful to see you. Hi, Bhavani. Bye. Good night. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.